Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, Quantum Leap Podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And we're here this week to, to talk, talk about, about the, most, the most important episode in the history of Quantum Leap. <laughs> the most beloved. No, <laughs> the uh, most beloved, the most important. That's How right. you doing, Sam? It's Americanization of Machiko time. Um, yeah. I'm good. It has been a busy, busy week. Um, we have talked a little bit about it on the podcast and, and on Twitter, um, but uh, we are in the process of moving, and just because of the way things are and and trying to kind of like figure everything out, we realized that the best thing for us, um, w- instead of trying to find a place while we still lived in our condo, would be to, of course, sell the condo first and then buy a new place course to do that we needed a place to stay uh we got lucky because uh my wife's parents ended up moving to the area um so we're actually staying with them um which has has been great we you know feel so fortunate for that and uh it's just required a lot of you know back and forth especially for me this week you know driving into the city which isn't bad i mean it's like you know 30 minute drive uh unless traffic is bad in which case it can be like an hour um and, you know, just finishing up all the, the packing and, and, you know, moving stuff and everything. We've hired movers to come in and get like all the big stuff, but it's just, yeah, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. And, um, we haven't been here for quite a week yet. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, so far so good. Everything's going really well. It's just been very tiring. And of course, you know, with our scheduling for the podcast, it's definitely played a part in trying to figure out like, okay, when, when do we do this? You know, when do we have time for this? And, uh, uh, so that's why we're a little late this week. Um, but we've got some exciting stuff coming up next week that we'll talk about a little bit later. So, uh, yeah, you know, stuff is, stuff is good though. Uh, you know, the kids are good. Mm -hmm. Jess is good. I can't complain. How about you? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Just trucking along pretty much as normal. Uh, we're getting ready to go on vacation next week while I'm going to be out because we're going to bank some episodes in some way. But we're going to be in Michigan for a few days. Then we're coming back here, staying back here in Southern Illinois for one more night and then headed down to Oklahoma uh, for, for more family. I've never been to Oklahoma. So, have I. Uh, so that will be a that will be a fun adventure. But yeah, yeah. a couple, couple more regular days packing up and then, and then we're heading out. Right on. Yeah. Right on. But we got uh, we got some exciting news first. Uh, let's do our housekeeping. Yeah. Find us on the web, bateswidewheel.com, on all the socials. Uh, getting close to 4,000 followers on TikTok. If you're, if, uh, if you're making your way from over there, um, welcome. I've had a lot of fun. I cannot believe I've been sitting on like TikTok for like two years with Quantum Leap because I was like, oh, it's, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. But like once people start commenting and you can do like, you know, uh, video responses to people's comments, like yeah. it's just been... Yeah, uh, it's been really easy to come up with comment and talk about stuff and, and make connections. And uh, It's been fun and, to watch because yeah. I'm just an observer, you know what I mean? Like you're the one that's doing all the work. Um, but, you know, I'm watching all the all, all the videos and uh, it, it's been fun for me to, to, to watch. Uh, and, you know, 99.9% of the time I'm going to agree with, you know, most of what you have to say anyway. Uh, and if sure. it's informational, yeah. obviously you're not going to steer people wrong. So um, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to see uh, some of the comments. I haven't had a chance to like engage really, um, you know, with, with any of that uh, as of yet. And, and I'm sure. going to start doing my own at some point here, but you know, for now it's still, it's, it still just looks like an uphill climb <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah it, it's it's a learning curve yeah, yeah. uh but it, let's thank our supporters as always uh jill wilson dana bias 
oddly specific with Audra. She changed her name on Patreon, so I think uh, that's her. That's her Facebook page. That's yeah. her thing. So I think that's how she wanted to be introduced. Right on. Uh, oddly specific with Audra, Christopher Redman, Rich Bork, Karen Saxon, Amy Holtkamp, Larry Trujillo, and can't remember if I mentioned Jill Wilson or not at the beginning. I'll mention her again at the end. Uh, yeah, she was a one-time donation, so she's not on our regular list of patrons because otherwise, I just pull the, the list of patrons up. Jill was a special. Uh, outlier we just the same. there we love you Whether we love you just the, or, yeah <laughs> yeah we love you just the same uh but yeah thank you so much uh before we get into uh this week the americanization of machiko uh just a, a couple quick updates today martin garrow on instagram he posted uh day one shot one of what he called episode one of quantum leap if you zoomed in on the clacker you saw Thor Freudenthal's name, which as the hashtag show reported is the director of the, of the new hope diamond pilot we will call. And uh, not much more. It looks like we're on a street from the cars. I think we're still solidly back in the 1980s, which seems to make sense. I, because it's such an Easter egg for old fans, I will genuinely be surprised if the year is still not 1989. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, I, well, I guess the production number does say 101, but that's still, it, it, you know, he doesn't necessarily call it episode one. Um, doesn't it? I thought he said like, see, whatever. He said something very heavy implies like, oh, that this was. Uh, that's true, because he does say coming September 19th. Yeah. Um yeah, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, who cares? Whatever, whatever happens, happens, uh, as far now, as you were, what like, they're shooting, you know, now you were, gonna air, but. you were saying in the thread today, like information from the observer seems like on, on NBC's lot, they don't quite know what's up. Yeah. With. So, okay. Um, so I, I've been in contact with the observer quite a bit and, and they've been, you know, busy with other projects and they haven't even necessarily been, uh, um, you know, in Los Angeles this whole time, um, because they've been on location with a couple of other projects. But that said, you know, what they've, what they've told me, um, is they were able to confirm obviously that it is shooting in LA that uh, as of right now, it's shooting exclusively on back lots and sound stages. They're not doing any location work. Um, that could easily change of course. Um, and that as far as they know, They've heard nothing about like what episode is going to air on September 19th. And there are a lot of other people, you know, on the NBC Universal lot that don't know anything either. Um, so it seems that there's been like like some people were surprised when when they even mentioned it, like when they were just sort of like, hey, you know what? with this new reshoot, you know, what's, what's happening with that. And the responses they got, you know, varied from just sort of like, I have no idea to, I, that, no, the, they already shot the pilot. So I, I, but the thing is, is that one of the things that they kind of even said as a disclaimer is like, I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody actually working on the show yet. Um, I'm just talking to other people who work on the lot. So it, it could just very well be that there's no, reason you know what i mean there's no reason to kind of like run it up the flagpole for the entire network and for you know everybody who works there and you know every production assistant or whatever is running around being like oh yeah you know they're reshooting the quantum leap pilot so it it doesn't necessarily mean anything at all um Mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where i was kind of like oh huh you know i guess 
they don't they don't know. And 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 as of yet, we have still had no like one hundred percent official confirmation that that's what's happening. Um, even though it is likely that that is what's happening. Uh, yeah. So so we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. You, you know, the, the, the really interesting thing is, is that they start shooting now. Uh, Comic-Con is in two weeks. Um, they've already obviously shown footage from the original pilot at the upfronts. Sure. Um, so it's kind of an interesting situation <laughs> to be in where uh, they probably won't have, I mean, they could have. You know, they'd have to do kind of a rush job, but they might not have new footage available for Comic-Con if they're even doing anything at Comic-Con. That's always just been a big, you know, assumption and position yeah. of mine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm just looking forward to whatever other teases we get as, you know, as, as the week goes on and, you know, into next week because I, I think that as as they shoot, there's bound to be some stuff that comes comes out, right? Um I know that like Caitlin Bassett and Ernie Hudson um, were all tagged like in that photo that, that Martin Garrow put up. Um, obviously Raymond Lee is, you know, involved as well. Uh, I think Mason Alexander Park, they might actually be out of the country right now. So I don't know if they're just not, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they're just not involved at this particular point um, or what I, I could have been misreading something, but they posted something on Instagram that was from London. I know that, with Sandman coming mm-hmm. out, maybe they're doing some promotional <laughs> stuff for that. I, I have no idea. Um, sure. So yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It'll be uh, interesting to see. Yeah. I was just checking. I, I can't find it right now. I'm going to check here real quick. As the last time I checked, I still had more followers on Instagram than Caitlin Bassett, but I have a feeling that that's going to change <laughs> very quickly. I still right. have about 500 more followers. That's going to change. I promise yeah. that's going that's yeah, to change. Definitely going to change. That's going to change here in a couple months. That I being cannot said, wait to see what oh. she does with Addison. I really mean that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but just seeing her red carpet interview um, during the upfronts, uh, it, you know, getting to see just a little bit of her social media interactions with others, uh, seeing a couple of the behind the scenes shots that we've seen so far. Uh, I don't know. I just got. I've got a really good feeling about the work that she's going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't. I, I really. I mean, I'm so excited. We're like 74 days away, I believe, yeah. from September 19th, um, which is just nuts to me. That seems so much sooner than I had anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <clears throat> yeah. Well, should we get into it? Uh, yeah. Oh, no. You know what? Before we do, actually, I uh, wanted to just mention um, the teaser trailer. You know, we... we oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, uh, it, it, it you know, basically broke on Reddit. A Reddit user uh, posted a, a, you know, rather awful, but nonetheless, we're grateful for it, um, iPhone video of their television. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of a bit of a weird angle. And uh, it was the first, you know, like video footage, basically, that we've seen, like officially released as a trailer uh, on um, the network for uh, Quantum Leap. And uh, it it fits so well, you know, it just felt kind of um, very much in line with the opening credits that, that, that we were used to for, um, you know, the, the original series uh, showing, you know, snippets of historic events um, and, uh, you know, showing uh, the challenger um, go up, showing a scene from Waco, showing the, the Bronco chase with OJ Simpson. Um, and then of course, having a couple of flashes of footage from the original pilot episode, the earthquake mm-hmm. episode, uh, and then ending on, you know, a shot of, of Ben as he leaps. Um, 
you know, and getting like, ex- the new accelerator style. New yeah. 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 Now I, I am going to, I'm going to say this. If I have one minor beef with the trailer, I got, I got to have at least one minor beef with the trailer. Why not? Like clearly the footage of Raymond Lee is not footage from the episode. That's like them pulling Raymond Lee aside somewhere. It's like, Hey, here, stand here, do this thing for a minute. We're going to do, <laughs> we're going to do a thing. I, they, I clearly, they, they have not shot footage yet, at least not footage that they're willing to show of like him actual, like stepping into the accelerator within like the course of an actual episode. Uh, At the risk of spoiling things, I'll yeah. just say no comment, but uh, yeah, yeah I, you know, one of the, one of the odd things too, that we can now mention is that there has been a, a release um, kind of a re-release of the teaser, if you will, the folks over at the quantum leap podcast, put up a nice 4k version of the, uh, the trailer and um, don't want to, you know, make anything out of this because they, you know, who knows what the exact reasons were, but they've removed the Waco clip and replaced it with um, something else. Like a stampede or something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't it, identify it right away. And to be frank, sure. I think I've only watched it twice because, you know, I've been busy. But yeah. um, I mean, I mean, probably it probably comes down to like maybe they didn't have the rights to that particular footage. And then he realized it and whatever, and they pull it out. What, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, all that said, it was just super cool to, to, to finally see some stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just so jazzed um, mm-hmm. for, you know, what they've created, you know, visually already and for how it feels, you know, just again, it feels very much like quantum leap to me. Um, yeah. um, I like the updated effects and the sound effect. I like, you know, I, it, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting uh-huh. times. And I think that, you know, over these, these coming weeks, we're going to get a lot more little bits and bobbles that'll come out. Um, sure. And uh, I'm looking forward to dissecting it and talking about it and, you know, hearing what other people think about it um, as, as we go forward. Yeah. My favorite thing is like, uh, jumping back to TikTok for a second is like, I'll, I usually post like one to two videos a day. And I usually get the comment on every single video of someone that's new and they're like, wait, there's a reboot. Yeah. There's a new series. I'm like, Hey, welcome. Welcome to the party. Yeah. We've had, we, I mean, we've had a couple of new followers on Twitter and, and people, you know, saying that they, that they found us on TikTok and that they're listening to us now, um, mm. which is great. You, you know, I mean, uh, again, thank you for your efforts. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, just so excited by the fact that you know it's easy kind of living in our little bubble with this podcast and you know talking with other podcasters and people involved kind of with the quantum leap fandom all of us are just kind of like yeah you know this is happening and and you know i've known it for you know four or five months now but there are there are a lot of sort of more casual fans or people that might not even call themselves fans but are have an awareness of the show that had no idea that this was Mm -hmm. happening um so to kind of be the ones that, you know, get someone aware of it is exciting and uh, shows that, you know, we're kind of doing doing our job, you know, because, yeah. again, we just we want people to be excited. We want people to be watching and talking about it and, and having as much fun as possible, um, you know, whether or not we can reach the great heights that Deborah Pratt has for the fandom and create like the, the Quantum Leap multiverse or whatever. Who knows? Oh, sure. But, uh, but, but yeah, we're sure as hell going to make sure that there's, you know, people that that are excited about it. Yeah, I was gonna say we're doing the Lord's work, but we're doing we're doing Ziggy's work. Yes, doing Ziggy's work. <laughs> All right, should we get That's into it or whatever? Yeah. Um, yes, yes, I think your we shall. your your favorite episode, the Americanization of Machiko, August fourth, nineteen fifty three. 
IMDb description, as a returning sailor, Sam brings home a Japanese wife and must battle the prejudice of his hometown and his own mother. <sighs> now, if right. you are new to the podcast, and if you're, you're sensing a little sarcasm here, Sam, fill us in on your thoughts on the Americanization of Machiko. Or your old thoughts. I don't know. We haven't talked. I don't know if you have, have new thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> the first time around, uh, and you have to understand, um, there's kind of a, a before times Sam and an after times Sam. There's a, a before I quit drinking, before therapy, before the pandemic version of Sam um, that could be uh, a little bitter and aggressive and just angry. And, and I still possess those qualities. Obviously I, you know, it's like I've changed completely, but, but now there's kind of an aftertime, Sam, uh, you know, fatherhood, Sam. Um, mm. and, and so I think that I do have a little bit of a softer approach to some of this stuff that said, in that particular episode of our podcast about this particular episode of Quantum Leap, I got pretty savage with it. I did not like it. Uh, I, I ranked it. Uh, I, there, there were two episodes, I believe, in particular that I really raked over the coals. Um, uh, and Portrait for Troyan was the other one. Yeah. Uh, and um, there were some season five episodes I wasn't too kind to either, I think. But um, yeah. Those two in particular were were ones that I was pretty savage about. And I can't say that I've taken a full 180. Um, (laughs) But I was surprised uh, how there was a stretch of this episode that I felt much more on board with, Mm -hmm. um, much more into, and then it falls off the rails. And I I think that... um, it, it you know became a running joke anytime we wanted to talk about my favorite episode you know mm-hmm. to, to the fact that there are listeners who have interacted with us on Facebook and Twitter etc that have even joked about it uh, mm-hmm. with me which is which is great and I, I love them for it uh, but. I will say that this time around, I did have a bit of a different experience with it. Uh, so let's just get right into the writing because that's the sure. where my brain is already anyway. Um, th- the thing about this episode where it kind of falls off the rails is I feel like it ultimately tries to do too much. There's just too much going on. And I think that part of it is was based out of fear. Like there was this fear amongst the, the, the writing team, if we can you know, even call it that, the writer, the director, the producers, etc., that um, they had to check some boxes and like one of those boxes is Sam has to get into a fight you know yep. uh, one of these one of those boxes is we have to you know there has to be a, a an inciting incident for uh, this uh, mother's hatred of <coughs> Machiko you know uh, there's got to be this obstacle between Machiko and, and Sam and you know they throw all these things in and ultimately what ends up happening to me is we get an episode where to me none of it really lands you know, I don't buy it. And the biggest, the, 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 you know, if I'm, if I can get hyperbolic for a second, the, the, the most unforgivable sin that the episode makes, as far as I'm concerned, is that there is no justification whatsoever for the mother's reversal at the end of the episode. Um, you know, we, we don't, all we get. Other is, than we gotta, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. Exactly. Yeah. We gotta wrap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't feel like the episode, uh, holds together, you know, it, it, it just kind of collapses under the weight of all of these, you know, additional, uh, uh, 
bits, whether it's Naomi, um, or, you know, uh, Rusty, um, you know, and obviously, you know, Lenore, it just, yeah, unfortunately, I feel like it doesn't hold together. And the reason why I say unfortunately is because this time around, the first almost half of the episode, I was really enjoying I was enjoying the interplay between Machiko and Sam a great deal. Uh Um, Even though I would argue that the actor playing Lenora maybe overdoes it with her uh, indignance, you know, at Machiko um, uh, to the point where it just because it just it just feels like it's just, you know, I am mean, so I am mean. You, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. like you. You don't get any idea where it's coming from. Um, but even in spite of that, I, I was I was enjoying a lot of that. And and again, the interactions between Sam and Machiko in particular uh, are, are really well done. Um, and even once we get to the um, the picnic, where I think is where things really you know start to fall apart for me right before the picnic, actually. Uh, but even when we get to the picnic, there's still some nice stuff between Sam and Machiko. Uh, that said, you know the stuff about Eileen, um, it just doesn't track for me. You know this 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 woman is grieving the loss of her daughter, and uh, you know obviously having difficulty with that. I could understand her, you know, taking it out on people. But that's not a reason for her to be a bigot against her son's wife. Like, it just doesn't track for me at all. Um, And I get that people, you know, take their hurt and their pain and direct it in different avenues. But it just doesn't, it, it, part of it, I don't know if that's the writing or if that's the acting, but it doesn't work for me. Um, Anyway, (sighs) this is, for me, this is like the first episode in the series that really like just kind of fails um, for me. Uh, And it's too bad because there are some things to like about it. So surprisingly enough, I toyed with actually going a little higher than this, but uh, I wrote my initial score down before the episode was over. And then by the end of the episode, I adjusted my score down a notch. So my final score for the writing was a five. Wow. Okay. It had been a six. Sure. Okay. I, 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 I hear a lot of what you're saying in this, but as I was watching the episode this time, and honestly, I cannot remember what my thoughts were when we did it on, when we did our original deep dive. What I remember is that you took such a hard angle on it one way. I think I felt like just for the sake of a good gis- discussion, I had to go the other way. <laughs> um, so watching it this time, like I really didn't know like what to expect to feel going in. I really liked the episode sitting it down, watching it this time. And a lot of, uh, you know, this episode sometimes draws comparisons to color of truth, but watching it this time, a comparison that I was starting to make in my head, which I don't think we've made before is thou shalt not, which I think is interesting because thou shalt not is one of your favorite episodes. There are, I, I had the thought as well. I'm gonna let you finish but I can tell you why I disagree completely with that. Go ahead. Okay. But it, it, it does have those melodramatic elements to it. It does have even the element of a deceased child, which motivates the actions of, of one of the characters. Um, and just for those two, like I, I felt like that connection in my head um, and also like the connection with color of truth, which is also one of the, 
the, the best episodes of the entire series, obviously. Um, you know, things that, you know, like all of the inner, the interchange between Sam and Machiko. I love those exchanges. Um, I, I love, and then there's the one scene, um, a scene that I completely forgot about is when Naomi is trying to get Sam, Charlie, to say that he loves Machiko. And where like Sam has that hiccup where he, he can't say that he loves Machiko because he's not her. Um, right. Which, which I find it's like, oh God, Sam, you are so adorable and naive <laughs> and just like Boy Scout. Just, just suck it up and own the fact that you're in somebody else's body and just say what you need to say in that moment. Um, I think there was some, there, there's some very, overall, it's a very beautiful episode and it stumbles in that one rusty is very broadly drawn, like absolutely no dimension whatsoever. Like you said, like the fact that we got to have Sam in a fight. Like we did not need that at the end. That's where that's like, Oh, that that's where they, like you said, they got to start, they got to start ticking off the boxes. Um, and uh, Lenore is coming around at the end. I think the show, the episode could have done better if they had revealed one, the, uh, the deceased child earlier. I can't remember the child's name now off the Eileen. top of my head. Eileen, if they had uh, revealed the, the whole situation with Eileen earlier and not like, like smack dab in the middle of an episode or middle of the episode, and as far as the way Lenora acts, I think they could have gone further with it. Like she obviously feels like she is the embarrassment of the town because of the situation involving Eileen. I have no doubt that the town did treat her differently because, you know, we're in a 1950s like rural town. And so, yeah, pregnant child who commits suicide. I'm sure the things did go that way. Um, if we had seen like the townspeople act in a weird way towards Lenore in some way, like at the picnic or something that kind of like justify the way that she felt. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, I completely but, agree but, with you. but since nothing. we, yeah, but since we don't get that Lenora's reaction to Machiko does seem over the top. Um, so there are moments in the writing, like I said, it's something I, I wish like I didn't need any of the violence in the third act of the thing. Like they could have dispensed rusty with like, like just like him being shamed at the baseball game. Like he was mm -hmm. like, they could have just taken that just a little bit more. And it could have been like, um, I can't remember this, uh, the boyfriend being shamed at the end of kamikaze kid. Oh, right. Yes. You know yes. what I'm, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, just, just, uh, the townspeople just going rusty. God damn it. You got to get your shit together. No. Yeah. Right. Like, this is like, this is not how we behave because there are other townspeople that are so nice to her and so supportive of, of Sam slash Charlie. And, and, yeah. and so, which is great. I love that because it's the opposite of another episode that I'm not a huge fan of, which is raped where it's like, everyone is a jerk to her slash him slash Sam, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and in this instance, it's, it's kind of nice to see, you know, a little bit more nuanced portrayal of the citizens of this community. Um, but 
man, nuance is something that lacks a great deal in this episode in all other avenues. Sure. You know, because Mm -hmm. I'm just left uh, questioning, like, why do we need Naomi? You know, Um, why do we need the ending fight with Rusty? You know, where is the real true connection between Sam and Lenora? Where's the true moment where like anything happens that, you know, all that happens is this real self-serving monologue that she gives at the hospital, which is, you know, I guess written all right. It's some of the acting is a little cringy if I'm going to be completely honest, but some of that might also be on the directing with the way that it's framed. Uh, it, it doesn't work for me at all. And nothing says to me, especially the way that she just tears out of there. Like the only reason, again, the only reason she comes in is because we got to tear up the episode uh, or we've got to finish up the episode. It's like what Al Mm. says. Oh, people like her always come around. Really? That's all you're going to give me. That's all you're going to give me is Al saying people like Mm. her always come around. Like, no, I wanted to see something between her and Sam or even between her and you know her husband I wanted there to be some moment where you start to realize that this person is actually shifting gears a little and we don't get that and to me that is unforgivable of the episode and it and it and it's the reason why the episode takes a huge nosedive in quality for me I'm just looking at the time. Like we're already spending a lot of time on this category. We'll we'll make it up with other ones. But the thing is, like I I feel like the monologue. I feel like the monologue at the end. It's more about the direction than the actual performance. Uh, it's a little bit melodramatic, but also like to compare it to Thou Shalt Not again. The ending of Thou Shalt Not, that last scene on the beach, is very melodramatic. I think a lot of it is in the framing. Yeah. of it and like i said we've like any any time anytime you have like an actor like turn away and turn their back to the other characters while they're delivering a monologue because it's not yeah. about it's no longer about the other people it's all about them and it's something that again i can't connect with lenora like mm-hmm. i'm listening to her tell this story about her you know her her dead daughter and i can't even care and the and then the big difference between that final scene in in thou shalt not that you're talking about is the we're seeing these people connect mm-hmm. you know like the father is connecting to these other people in this fit of grief and rage and yeah, sadness yeah. he's connecting to the other characters yeah Lenore is not connecting to anybody exactly except but herself Again, I don't think that is the actor's fault. I don't think it's the writing's fault. I think it was the way it was framed. I think it might be a little combination of all of the above. All right, all right, all right. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so uh, other other little moments I love. I love uh, uh, Machiko at the baseball game shouting, kill them, kill the ump, like her getting into it. That was that was such a wonderful. Uh, I love it when she picks the flowers. Yeah. That's a beautiful scene. That too, Yeah. And it also, it's a callback to like earlier, like she's smart enough to know, like to shake the bugs out. Yes, right. You know, when Naomi isn't, and I don't know how I feel about Naomi as a character and what was needed in the episode, other than she provided a good excuse for Scott Bakula to get his shirt off. Right. In the hay scene. I don't know. Scott looks good. Yeah. And also you have, an, you have Al saying, tell her to put an egg in her shoe and beat it. Yeah. Yeah. Al is fairly broadly drawn in this episode as well. Like he has a couple of really nice moments, but like the, the, the at the baseball scene where he sure. know, tells Sam to give Rusty a fat lip like 47 times, you know, it's just sort of like, 
I don't know. I don't. Stockwell's great, but again, just it it comes to me. It does. It comes down to the writing, like the way that Al is written in this episode. Sure, it's not not that he feels out of character. Mm -hmm. It's just it's a very you know paint with broad strokes Al, as opposed to really kind of zeroing in on who Al is. And after two episodes in a row where we get a strong sense of who Al is, it's noticeable to me. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, and I will say before we wrap up, move this on. What I love about this episode, and they they only do this a handful of times in the series, but like the the events that kick off the episode are caused by Sam leaping into the middle of a situation and not fully realizing what it is, and him just setting off, like him just leaving Machiko behind at the bus right. stop. Oh. You know, like not to draw another comparison with Color of Truth, like leaping in and not realizing he's a black man and sitting down on a lunch counter. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, because of these situations, you know, because of the the exact moment I leaped in, I don't realize what's going on. And that creates something that kicks the episode off. But yeah, I like that touch. The the last thing that I'll say uh, as far as the writing goes, and I could, you know, I might reiterate this later, but like, I think that the other thing about the episode that gets to me uh, is something I've said you know, other times is I, I feel as though this is one of those episodes, quite possibly the first episode where it feels like the episode happens to Sam instead of Sam happening to the episode. And, ah, that was your thing that you said a lot. Yeah. yeah. Back. And to, and to me that I, 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 not that there aren't exceptions to me, I feel like that is usually a sign of an episode that for me personally is not going to hit the mark because I want to see Sam affecting some sort of change. And in this episode, I don't know that he does. And again, it's because we don't really see, like we don't actually, we, we see him maybe making these feeble attempts to, you know, get Lenora to come around or whatever. But ultimately like it, it, everything is just kind of happening to him instead of him happening to, you know, the leap and that, and, and that again, but, but, exceptions, but, but it doesn't work for me. But, but in defense, um, it's hard when you don't have an action-packed episode. Like, we have an action-packed third act. It's hard when you don't have an action-packed episode because in real life, if this were a real situation, you don't bring someone around from being a bigot overnight. Sure. It's slow. It takes time. And so what I see when I watch this episode is, like, Sam, like, just realizing that. Like, when they walk back to the truck and... Rusty has written the vulgar thing on the side of the truck. Like another version of this episode has Sam running across the street and get into a fight right then. Right. But Sam realizes that this is not the time and the place for it. There may be other episodes that the first time that um, Lenore says something like really mean and bigoted, like in the living room at the house, like Sam just gives a speech like right then and there, but he doesn't, you know, he does do it right then because realistically that would not work. Realistically, but I said he wouldn't be leaping around in time, putting right. What's wrong? But like, I don't. But I'm it's willing so, to allow. I, I would rather. See I, I, I get what you say, but, but I'm just saying, like, 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 like. Sometimes it's it's a slow burn, and, yeah. and you just got to sit there for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think that that maybe that's part of the issue too, though, with Lenora is that because she is she comes off as a bigot for 90% of this episode. And then we get this attempt to say that her actions are instigated by her relationship with her daughter, who's, you know, committed suicide. Uh, 
it, it, again, it's just kind of like it doesn't it, it doesn't quite fit. You know, it just sure. the pieces just don't fit for me. And and again, that's not because it's not because, you know, these types of things can't, again, you know, throw our, our focus into different things and turn us into, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Anyway, I gave it I gave it eight out of ten. <laughs> wow. OK. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, so directing. <laughs> um, look, th- I think that there are some issues with the direction of this episode just because uh, not everything works as it could. And, and, and ultimately you've got to lay some of that at the feet of the director. Um, you know, there's only so much a director can do, but even looking at the way that some of the shots, uh, you know, are filmed, it, it, it doesn't, it's not as visually as uh, arresting as other quantum leap episodes that we've seen. And, uh, you know, there's, there's not much flair to it. Um, and, which is weird because, you know, this is not a director, um, you know, Gilbert Shilton ends up directing a few other episodes that, that I think he does a wonderful job with, but this episode, um, uh, he, yeah, he just directed Disco Inferno, which I thought was great. He, you know, he directed Right Hand of God, which I thought was fine, and and he'll direct Animal Frat, which I think Animal Frat has uh, some some really nice stuff in it. Um, but this just falls a little flat for me. I gave it a, I gave it a six. Uh, same here. Give it a six. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really don't know if I have anything more to add about <laughs> about than what you said. For the sake of brevity, the fact that we spent twenty minutes on writing, let's move on. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's my fault. Uh, no. <laughs> so uh, acting, the, you know, this is a weird one for me because I, you know, I, I always, uh, you, you know, I, I want to give credit to the fact that, like, hey, you know, anytime an actor goes into a process um, and puts any amount of work or effort in, into it at all, they deserve a ten. You know, they 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 went and they did the job, right? And we don't know um, what was going on for that actor uh, the day that they showed up to the set. We don't know what was going on uh, between them and the director, between them and, and, and their co-stars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I want badly to just, you know, give every actor, whoever does the gig, a pat on the back and say, like, you worked, you put effort in, you did the thing, and, you know, you deserve to to, to feel good about that. Sure. Um, that said, we're two idiots with a podcast and we talk about this sort of stuff so I can get critical and I will get critical. And uh, I, I have to say that other than our, our regulars, um, which Al isn't necessarily given a lot to do, um, you know, acting wise, I, I think he has a, a brilliant moment. Dean has a brilliant moment at the wedding um, where he says to Sam, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that's yep. how he was the first time. And Sam's like, I, I'm married. He's like, no, I'm just kidding. And then the look on his face is just sort of like. Whether it was intentional or not, whether anything you know was planned whatsoever, it, it, it doesn't matter because in that moment, as a viewer, he gives me something. He creates this wonderful relationship with me as the viewer where I get to decide, oh, oh, oh. And then later oh, on yeah. in the series when we find out what we find out, it's just kind of like, oh, man, you know? Yeah. So um, – Th- that's lovely. And, and Scott is great. Although again, I feel like for a lot of the episode, he's very passive. Um, and so it just kind of feels like he doesn't get a lot to do in, you know, there are so many episodes where Scott just carries the whole episode and you're just sort of like, Oh my God, he's brilliant. And I still think he's, Oh my God, he's brilliant. But I don't necessarily think that that's one of the episodes where it's like, Oh God, he put this thing on his back. Um, 
And the rest of what I'm left with, for the most part, with one exception, are just these stock characters that are sometimes very over the top, that don't show me a lot of nuance or depth, um, and uh, leave me wanting um, in the acting department. And the exception, of course, is Machiko. I think she's lovely. I think that, you know, she does such an exceptional job of playing the sense of alienation, of, of, of wanting so badly to please his parents, and um, and, and kind of taking so much of, of this beating that she's getting, you know, this, this emotional uh, and mental abuse that she gets from, from Lenora and some of the other townspeople. She takes so much of it in stride, and yet you can see the hurt and the pain um, that it's causing her, and and uh, it, it just it, it really is a, a beautiful performance. I think she does a wonderful job. Uh, so all that said, I ended up giving it a six. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I toured with going a little higher, um, but I, I just for me, I, I you know, and again, this is not on the actors; it could be the directing, the writing, whatever. But I just think that Rusty Naomi and Lenora, um, and even even Henry are just so. They're so broad that there's nothing for me to kind of like grasp onto and and connect with in the same mm. way that I can connect with, you know, other performances. Gotcha. I give it an eight out of ten, and I feel like even like more the more stock characters, uh, like Naomi, I get everything you're saying, like what her need is in the episode. Like I, I, I know people like Naomi. You know, I've you know I. Yeah. 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 You know, we, we try to think that they're broadly drawn, but you know, Sam, you know what the truth is? Sometimes in real life, people are broadly drawn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, to go anymore, we go into like a, like a whole, a whole deep dive of, of, of character deconstruction and everything but we'll get too into it um and and with rusty by the way the actor who plays rusty patrick massett uh i didn't catch this the last time he was actually a co-writer of the first tomb raider movie well, i'll be darned <laughs> uh just found that looking up at his imdb i um his monologue at the end about baseball is so horribly written that I almost want to go back and, and dock the writing now that I think about it, but uh, I won't because I'll, I'll just, I'll just keep it where I was, but I am, I am loathe to think how you can make anything good out of that monologue. Yeah. Because it was just, you know, as like it, to draw a comparison to color or truth, uh, you know, if we had had like a moment at the end of a color truth where, Willie and Toad explain why they're bigots. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it would have been a similar thing. Like we didn't, like if we just never got that monologue and he was just a bigot because he was a bigot and we we got enough about of his baseball story at the baseball game. Like I right. could have filled in the blanks. We did not need any more than that. It, that and, and that, that lends itself to the overstuffed uh, comment that I made earlier, right? Is it's like mm. I feel like Naomi's got to have a story, Lenora's got to have a story, Rusty's got to have a story, and ultimately, I don't feel like any of the stories really hold together that well. You know, like you're saying, Rusty's whole big story at the end, it's like I, I, I could do without all of this. It's not not very well done. Naomi's whole thing about like being there for Eileen and all this sort of stuff, it's just sort of like what? You know, and then Lenora's big monologue, it's just sort of like, okay, everybody everybody's got a reason. You checked that box. It's just that mm-hmm. they don't Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. I I get it. I get it. Uh and, and also 
uh, Al's moment at the end. That's gonna be a TikTok video that I'm gonna be posting in the next couple of days. Like I've nice. I've already rec- I've already recorded like the video of it. But yeah, that that wonderful that yeah. that that gift of that look that he gives. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know how you look at it any other way. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Especially like knowing what we know, but we know. Like, right. Right. We, yeah, we, we have the benefit of knowing, you know, but, but to be fair, star crossed has already happened at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that episode happened. So the decision could have been made, but at that point that like, you know, yeah, Sam's married to Donna. Yeah. Yeah. If so we ever get the chance, maybe we'll, 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 we'll elucidate on it, but we all know, you know, we all know it's like the iceberg theory. It's like, everybody knows it's, it's here underneath. We don't know. And it informs, you know, everything else that's going on. And it informs yeah. that moment with Al. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So much so like earlier this week, I was looking online, trying to find a, trying to see if I could find a copy of the script for this episode, because I wanted to see if there was anything in the stage direction around that moment. Right. Uh, but I could not find anything on this yeah. episode. So Anyway, eight out of eight out, eight out of ten. All production, right. production values. So production values. This was pretty easy for me. I you know I played it safe, as Dennis would say. I give it a seven. Um, mm. I probably could have gone higher, to be completely honest with you. And the main reason why is, is I feel like they you know they, they it feels like 1953 to you know a guy like me who wasn't alive in 1953. Um, you know it, they, it seems to get it right. Um, nothing really stands out at me as being like awful. Um, it, it, it holds together. So yeah, I give it a six out of 10. Uh, I, I don't do sevens, you know, listener, cause seven is a safe choice for me. Uh, and, and six, just because that entire first scene on the porch, every single line is 80 yard. Yeah. I, what is up with that? It, it was I, like, it was like they didn't even attempt to mic it when they were shooting it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I know like that, that, that happens a lot with old TV shows of that era, outdoor scenes, but right. even still totally took me out of it I, just know, for that I, alone. And, and here's, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw something out there real quick. Uh, I'm going to stand by my score, but I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there that that could also be one of the reasons why I have trouble with some of the acting in the episode because ADR can be incredibly difficult. You know, you're basically having to manufacture all of this stuff in a booth with none of the actors that you worked with around you. You're just saying the words that you said on that day. Sometimes not even those words. You're saying different words that, you know, sure. something was changed or whatever. So so that might be some of the reasons why I have trouble in particular with Naomi, um, because I feel like that scene is definitely one of, it suffers from the fact that again, ADR is incredibly difficult work. Yeah. So that's a good point. I'll stick with Mm. my seven, but that's a really good point. Uh, mythology. So this is a really hard one for this episode because, uh, you know, you take it at face value. There's not much there. Um, it'd be easy to just give this like a one or a zero or whatever. I gave it a four. The reason why I ended up giving it a four is because Al, um, talks about the number of times he's been married. Uh, again, the, you know, whether or not Sam is married moment is, is is well done. Uh, the fact that Sam can speak Japanese, um, you know, I feel like there's enough in it that, 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 it lets us know uh, not only new information, but reinforces some information we already knew about these characters and who they are. Uh, I feel like Sam's um, narration throughout the episode two is incredibly well done, not necessarily well done in terms of like Scott's killing it or the script is, 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 is so great. But I feel like one of the things that I really enjoy about it is that, 
you get the sense that he's becoming more seasoned now as a leaper. Like mm. he's he's accepted kind of his role in this, you know, in, in filling these shoes. And um, and I feel like that that maturation of Sam is something that we we have almost kind of seen in action, whether um, you know it was supposed to be that way or not. Because when we see him in Honeymoon Express, there seems to be still this kind of like. Uh, okay, I got to do this thing. I just want to go home. I, you know, oh my God, I killed somebody. You know, there's all this sort of stuff. And yet the arc kind of, if you will, for Sam between that episode to Disco Inferno to this episode, there does almost kind of seem to be a bit of a journey there with, and I, and, and I'm not saying it's intentional by any stretch because they weren't even necessarily filmed in that order, but there does seem to be, uh, a, you know, um, a, a progression towards Sam starting to get, you know, more into his role as a leaper, like more mm-hmm. comfortable with his role as a leaper. So sure. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Sure. So what I ticked off about the mythology is I forgot in this episode that Sam speaks Japanese. I forgot that that was uh, a reveal there. Um, and this is something that they did in the early episodes. And I hate that they got away from is that you have a scene separate from Sam where characters discuss how different yeah. Charlie is acting. His eyes are different, yeah. His, his, his eyes are different. There's something about him. And what I love is, like, there's a thing that's dropped in the pilot episode that they never come back to. But the thing is, for Sam to be able to leave home, everybody has to believe he's the person that he's replaced. Um, and I just wish – I wish that that was a theme that they kept revisiting throughout the show, is that, like, people can tell, like, there's a difference. Like, fundamentally like, – like, there's just something in the eyes, fundamentally, that there is a difference. Um. Uh, when I mentioned before, uh, Sam finds it difficult to speak for the leapy, uh, or to you know he can't say I love Machiko. He has to say Charlie McKenzie loves Machiko. Right. Just so it's so because like he takes it to heart. Like what what he says matter. What he says matters. His words matter. And then, of course, there's the whole Al thing. And just for the Al thing alone, I got to give it a nine out of ten. Okay, I can see. I I, I, I can see that. I mean. I, I, I totally understand your reasons. For for me, I, obviously, I wouldn't go that high. You know, maybe giving it a four is too low. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the final thing I'll say, because I forgot about this on the writing, it kind of taps into what you're saying. Lenora walking in in the kimono, mm. the bath at the end, uh, mm-hmm. not, I get it as a visual, as an episode, whatever. Yeah. It's a melodrama, whatever. I I just wish she'd just quietly slipped into the church and sat next to Henry. Yeah. And that's how we would have needed. Right. Yeah. 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 So (laughs) here's something that's interesting, going back Mm -hmm. and looking at my scores. Yeah. This is not the lowest rating I've given to an episode thus far. Oh, yeah? How the test was won technically got... uh, five uh one hundredth of a point less yeah. than Machiko. Mm-hmm. I think after uh some of the conversation that, that we've had about how the test was won and um 
uh, an email written by a listener, Nikki Sudden, which was just a, a lovely email. You know, this wonderful, uh, and we talked about it, obviously, in a previous episode, uh, you know, her wonderful thoughts about how the test was won. And, and it really did, you know, kind of give me a new perspective on the episode. Um, and so I'm eager to see what some of our listeners will have to say about this episode that gives me new perspective. Um, or they can just say I'm an ass and leave it at that. But anyway, <laughs> of how the test was won, uh, I feel like I would actually probably rate it a little higher now. Um, but that's not what this is about. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going with what we've got. So ultimately my final score was a 5.7, um, or 57%. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel comfortable with that again, based off of the other episodes that we reviewed and, and where we've left it. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. Ah, I came in at a 7.8. I, I feel the anger. I feel it. No, no, it's not anger. It's just like, that's what I gave play to get in Seymour. You know what I mean? Like, and I oh, feel like sure. it's far superior. Um, I but get it. No, I, I, Hey, look, I think that that's one of the wonderful things about this. I think it's one of the wonderful things about art and entertainment in general is that, um, we should celebrate the fact that we can have these differences of opinion, right? I think that one of the things that is so wrong with, you know, any form of criticism these days is that it's always presented in a way of, I'm right about this. That, you know, there's usually no room or margin for other opinions that are given by critics to the point where a lot of times when you read a review of something on a website or you listen to certain podcasts, you're almost made to feel if you don't agree Agree with the person writing this or saying this, you're an idiot. Like there is something wrong with you. You're dumb. You're less than I am because my opinion is right. And I, 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 I will never do that. I can't do that. Sure. You know, I think that there should be space for all of the opinions. There should be space for, you know, for everything. Um, and, and if, and if Machiko is your favorite episode of Quantum I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> It's not my favorite. I, I will say, no, I, like, I know it's I was, not. I'm I, sorry. When I, when I sat down to watch it the other day, I was very, I didn't know what to expect. And I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know what? I was too. In spite of, in spite of a lower score, I was too. And I think one of the things that this journey is doing for me more than our deep dives did, not that I'm not happy that we did that. And, and, and I, again, I want that work to stand because it's, it's what brought us to this point. But one of the things that's kind of amazing in spite of, you know, some low scores here, there is I think overall I am appreciating the episodes more. And maybe it's a more because it's a more casual viewing experience too. You know, last time around I'm taking notes like you know just I mean sure. you should see the notes that I've got uh that we took on some of the episodes. Some of them are just like huge like pages long. Um I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm, I'm doing research. I'm doing all this sort of stuff. And this time it's just like, I'm just watching an episode. I'm just watching an episode of TV and giving kind of my, my initial reactions to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so even in spite of the low score, I will absolutely say I enjoyed this episode more this time around than I did last time. Maybe not much. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, <laughs> but I will say what, what I remember now that we're talking about it, my major criticism of the episode last time which I, I don't think it was fair now that I was thinking about it is, uh, is that comparing it to color of truth, like color of truth, like Sam was like very bold. He was taking action very quickly yeah. because he was in the life of the person who was being oppressed. Like he was feeling that oppression head on. Yeah. Whereas this episode, he's not like he, he's helping the person who is being oppressed. Uh, and he was a little bit more passive. And I don't think that's a very fair 
criticism. Um, I, I, I feel like, like it's it actually, but yeah, I, yeah, I like it as a criticism because I, 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 I mean, there's a point there, but yeah, sure. Uh, but could be too much to unpack in the short format that we are doing. Sure. Right, right. now. <laughs> right, right, right now. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I just, I, I do. I just want to reiterate that I, I think that there, you know, there should be space for, you know, all sorts of, of different opinions, um, you know, and, and, and that we, we talk a lot about like diversity, equity, and inclusion when it comes to, you know, people. Um, uh, and I think that ideas need that as well. You know, when, when you're talking about a, a piece of art or entertainment, um, not that, you know, entertainment isn't art and art isn't entertainment, but when you're talking about a piece of art or entertainment, um, that, that you should absolutely allow space, you know, for that, that same the same way that you would with people for with ideas as well that that we need to have a diversity of thought and you know and and, and an equitable look at, at at each thought and opinion that comes our way and, and and inclusiveness for those thoughts and opinions and so you know that's why I will certainly never um you know I'm never going to shame anyone uh or, or mm-hmm. think they're less than uh for for you know holding a different opinion uh about a TV show uh because again I mean I think the thing that that I'm learning as we go about this process is it's almost reminding me just how much I love Quantum Leap not that I didn't feel that way before obviously we're doing this podcast but I think that sometimes with our deep dives um it became more about that like it may be, it became more about producing mm. the content than it did about enjoying sure. Quantum Leap, and I don't feel quite the same way anymore. Now I feel sure. like it's just like I'm just enjoying watching this episode, and I might not like it as much as I like other episodes, but yeah, it's just it's a different vibe all around, and it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's been a lot of fun to do this, and it's got me you know super jazzed for um, the revival in the fall. Yeah, September nineteenth. Yeah, we've mellowed out. We've mellowed out. You know, I think that's just what sleep deprivation and fatherhood <laughs> do to you. <laughs> yes, uh, we should probably uh, wrap this up to yes, what we, we got. What we got coming up here uh, soon. So, in preparation of the new series in a couple of months, um, either in the next uh, spread it over one episode or two episodes, depending on planning and planning around your moving and my vacation and everything, uh, we're going to do an essentials list. Uh, 15 to 20 episodes that if you are completely new to the fandom or if you've come back to Quantum Leap after having seen it in years, like the 15, 20 essential episodes you need to get back into the show, get everything prepared. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, you probably, you probably won't need them, need them, because I have a feeling like part of the reason that they're redoing the pilot is to make it as as uh, as straightforward as possible, even for the lay viewer. But if you want to get fully prepared for the new series, we got that. And then um, Matt Dale, the author of Beyond the Mirror Image, who we frequently reference, he is coming out with an edition two, with a volume two. Uh, second edition. That's second what, edition. Volume second ed- one. Second edition, volume one. Yes, it's going to be so big now, it's going to be split across two books. Uh, and so he's getting ready to start a Kickstarter campaign to fund uh, the, the second edition volume one so we're going to have him on the episode because of my vacation sam may end up doing that interview solo but just have him on the show to just kind of like uh talk about that and in any other situation i would be saying hey go check out matt's book and buy it now but no wait wait (laughs) (laughs) you know fund yeah and and fund the kickstarter and get the and get the second edition that way 
I'm really looking forward to uh, to having him back on the show. Uh, we wanted to do it, um, but uh, he got involved with some other podcast, uh, uh, and uh, um, you know we just haven't had the opportunity to have him back on. But it was something that we talked sure. quite a bit about, um, you know, after we had him on initially, and uh, you know we talked to him. A few times after that, and, and even, I mean, even after it was on the Quantum Lead podcast, there were talks about potentially, you know, uh, doing, doing that. But at, at, at one point, Matt was so, Matt was so on top of it and kind of like, he figured out because we were like on different journeys as far as like how quickly we were putting out episodes, but he figured out we were on track to do uh, the leap back mm-hmm. at the exact same time. And he proposed doing a crossover episode and having us all on there. And then they slowed down or we slowed down. Life happened. And it just didn't happen. But I think I, I think it was a little bit of a mutual slowdown because they were yeah. kind of on hiatus for a while, and then we were very you know spotty, sporadic for a while, and stuff, yeah. And yeah, but um, but no, ultimately, I mean, like obviously, if you've been listening um, or paying attention to to our social media, we we, we love those guys, and uh, um, you know, are excited for the the work that they're doing. Um, and it's one of the things that we just want to reinforce. You know, is a sense of community going forward. Is that you know, uh, there's as as, as as much as there's space for all these ideas that I was talking about earlier. There's space mm-hmm. for all of the, the podcasts uh, and, you, you know, uh, YouTubers and TikTokers and, and whatever else come, comes along uh, down the pipeline as we build up to the new... Um the new series. So, uh, make sure, you know, you're, you're checking them out, uh, as well. And, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to have Matt on the show. Um, even if you're not able to join us, um, and you know, Matt has kind of already said that he'd come back so that all three of us could get together and, and chat again sure. as well, which I look forward to. I think the essential stuff will be a lot of fun. It's, it's something that people have asked for, uh, something that we've kind of hinted at a couple of times too. Um, you know, we're not going to give like reviews of the episode or anything like that. We're just kind of give you know, lay out which episodes we think and, and give a short reason why um so yeah these next few weeks we're, we're kind of going to get away from uh our, our revisited stuff um but we'll pick back up with what price gloria um you know in in, in probably about three four weeks uh, sure. i'd say uh and and, and then we'll just kind of keep going um with the revisited stuff until the new series drops uh on september 19th so mm-hmm. um yeah, it's uh, it's coming. It's coming fast. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, too, why we wanted to do the essential stuff now is because I felt like, you know, we're sure. about two months out. That's the perfect amount of time for people to maybe watch some of these episodes. And maybe, because one thing we failed to mention earlier when we were talking about the teaser trailer, Peacock will pick up, uh, or, or not pick up, but put the uh, original series on uh, streaming mm-hmm. so people will be able to have access to it even easier. Um, because Peacock will... Mm-hmm be uh streaming the new series as well i don't know if it'll be a simultaneous thing like they've done with uh, other uh, shows on nbc or if it'll be like the next day Uh, we don't know for sure but we do know that the the Mm -hmm. the trailer did list both nbc and peacock um at the end so uh sure so it'll it'll be accessible you're not going to just have to you know sit down and watch it uh 10 o'clock on monday nights um after the voice yeah fantastic exciting stuff it's a great time to be a Quantum Leap fan. Yes, it is. Yes, <sighs> it is. All right. Well, should we leap out of here? We should leap out of here, and we will see you all soon. All right. Take all care right. of yourselves. Take care of one another. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. 
If you have a little extra money in your pocket and you'd like to throw it our way, by all means, give back to your community, find a charity that you like, and if after all that there's still some coins jangling in your pocket and you just really, really want to give them to Fate's Wide Wheel, visit our Patreon, uh, help us out. Uh, Every little bit helps. It gives us the opportunity to enhance the episode and prepare for whatever's coming our way uh, Mm -hmm. when the Revival series drops, uh, as I'm sure uh, it's going to change the game in in a lot of ways. So, uh, But in the meantime, uh, leap responsibly. As I travel in space and time, I want to stay. I want to go You see my face But it's not mine But you can see You'll never know How can we 